0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, September 11th. 7 in 10 Canadians are concerned about getting arthritis or worried that they may already have it. September is Arthritis Awareness Month. We took the opportunity to explore the latest treatments and resources available in Canada with Trish Barbato. President and CEO of the Arthritis Society.
1: Back to school means back to the sniffles, coughs, and colds that come with the new season. What, if anything, can be done to safeguard our homes from the pipeline of germs coming our way? We get some tips from Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on call family physician.
0: And finally, fall is on the horizon, so now is the time to get organized before the cold weather comes to town. We catch up with Calgary based professional organizer Megan Golightly for some advice on how to cut down on the clutter and embrace the letting go of all your useless stuff
1: 7 in 10 Canadians are worried about getting arthritis and that is a stat that we are seeing and a new survey showing 73% of Canadians happen to know or love someone who's suffering from arthritis 70% fear getting it I mean the, the stats are are high and joining us to talk about this latest research and innovations to treat the chronic disease is Trish Barbato, President and CEO of Arthritis Society Canada Good morning to you Trish, thanks so much for being with us
2: Good morning. So happy
1: to be here. Tell us a little bit about this survey on arthritis in Canada. What was the purpose? What
2: were you hoping to get at? Mm -hmm. Well, this month is Arthritis Awareness Month. And it's the month that we really like to try and let Canadians know how prevalent the disease is. There are 6 million Canadians that have arthritis in Canada. It's the biggest chronic disease. It has a really high cost in the $33 billion mark one of the leading causes of disability in the country. So this is the month that we sort of raise awareness and and let folks know what's going on with this disease.
0: And part of that awareness, Trish, if you can help me with this, uh, I had a car accident about seven, eight years ago, and I, I broke some bones in my finger, and they said, well, you know, it looks like this is, you know, the, the, moving ahead, you have a very good chance to get arthritis in those particular uh, parts of your hand. Uh, but before that, I always thought that you know, old people had arthritis mm-hmm. and arthritis mm-hmm. was inevitable as we age. Is it inevitable or does it discriminate toward ages?
2: Yeah, that's such a great question. And I think one of the big myths in many ways is people feel that it's an older person's disease. But in fact, over half of the people with arthritis are under the age of 65. And in fact, for osteoarthritis, which is the type that you've been warned about about a third are diagnosed before the age of 45. And so those are, those are numbers that are skewing much younger. Kids get it, juvenile idiopathic arthritis can hit children as babies, as toddlers. And uh, so again, that prevalence. And maybe I'll just say about injuries. One of the things we know is that osteoarthritis does become more of a risk factor where you have had an injury, but we don't know why. I think one of the things for me is how much science is, is in this, is in this disease. And many people say, oh, it's wear and tear. And I always, I always hate when people say that because it almost sounds like, oh, I worked really hard and now I have arthritis, mm. which is not the case. It's not inevitable. It, it, we don't understand it enough. We, we actually don't know why it occurs. We don't have cure for osteoarthritis. We don't even have a treatment. There's no treatment for the slowing of the progression.
1: That's amazing, and and I would imagine there's a lot of work being done on that. And September is Arthritis Awareness Month, so I mean, are are there scientists, are there doctors working towards this, and why can't we seem to get any closer?
2: Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, Again, I feel like um, arthritis is a real underdog, under researched, under funded, under prioritized. It's um, almost its prevalence make it like sort of people just shrug their shoulders and and think, as you said, many people think it's inevitable, which it is not. So we're really trying to raise awareness. We're one of the largest funders of research in the country, and so a lot of the fundraising that we do goes directly into trying to really understand better why is this happening, what could a treatment look like, how can we change the progression of the disease. We also have a fantastic project going on in Calgary where we're working with the, um, some researchers around preventing osteoarthritis. So for example, if a baby is not diagnosed properly with hip dysplasia, they will get osteoarthritis very young, in their 20s and 30s, severely. And if that's caught and they put a little brace on them, then the child is fine and will not develop severe osteoarthritis. So that, is a research project going on right now, and uh, in Alberta, and we're really proud of that project because, in essence, we're preventing arthritis.
0: Trisha, when you talk, you said you know you feel like you're the underdog when you you talk about arthritis in the organization that you're helming and trying to make a difference. But, in the grand scheme of things, how do our resources as a nation have for those living with with arthritis uh, compared to other nations? How do, how do we fare?
2: Yeah, that's a really great question. So we did a. A kind of uh, analysis of research funding globally and definitely the funding is either stagnant or declining so there's there are as, and, and certainly there are a lot of important diseases like cancer like heart disease like diabetes but definitely arthritis is um, not at the forefront and that's what this month is all about it's really just trying to raise awareness And help people understand the impact, like I mentioned, one of the leading causes of disability, it's also often very silent in that people might have an inflammatory arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, lupus, all the 100, over 100 types of arthritis. And there's a high level of fatigue. Their joints are really sore often frequently it's hard to for them to predict how their day is going to be it's hard to commit to work it's um you know like their day-to-day life is really severely impacted
1: again it is uh, september arthritis awareness month we need to keep talking about it hopefully more and more research done about it thank you so much for breaking things down with us trish appreciate your time so happy to be here thank you so much thank you trish barbato president and ceo of the arthritis society of canada
0: Back to school means back to the sniffles, coughs, and colds that come with the new season. What, if anything, can be done to safeguard our homes from the pipeline of germs that are on the way essentially every day after 3 p.m.? To discuss, we're joined by Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician. Good morning to you, Dr. Jay. Good morning. I want to give uh, some background. I want to pull back the curtain and show the man behind the curtain (laughs) and say that when I threw this at you uh, last week, I said, what can we do to safeguard our homes from these germs, these coughs, these sniffles that come with back to school? Can we talk about that? And you said, good, I like a challenge. You (laughs) like a challenge because is it possible?
3: Well, who knows if it's really possible Mm -hmm. or not, but we have to take a good stab at it because we are headed into a very particularly bad season. They're talking about a uh, triple threat, Mm -hmm. that being uh, influenza and just your standard cold, RSV, uh, respiratory syncytial virus this is a nasty virus that can get kids in the chest and COVID is still coming uh you know there's another little wave started up already so we're hitting into a season where we're going to have trouble so if there is some way to manage this we better be prepared we better get on it so if I need a, a just a very basic comment to start how do we you know how do we fight off things we have an immune system how do we keep our immune system st- as strong as possible comes down to the very basics you know make sure your kids are getting adequate sleep make sure they're eating really nutritiously Make sure they're exercising on a regular basis uh, and make sure they're somehow managing their stress. You know, school uh, start is a very stressful time. There's always something new, something different to change, some kids bullying somebody else. So what's your game plan so that they can have something that they can actively manage their stress? We do those basic things. At least our immune systems are strong, might fight things off so it spreads less, less gets taken home. At least you started out with a good foundation,
1: Doctor Jay. I know we've talked to you about vitamins before. Are you a proponent or not? Is like the basic vitamin C a good idea, or is it just better to eat properly when we're feeding the kids?
3: Yeah, you probably know my answer. I do. <laughs> from I do. Discussion. Yeah. So it's I think a good healthy diet provides an adequate vitamin C, and most of the other. The exception being vitamin D. And as we head into fall and winter, supplementing with vitamin D is totally acceptable because it's a sun exposure issue, which we can't get in fall and winter in Canada. So vitamin D supplementation, absolutely. You know, if you want to use a very basic um, multivitamin with vitamin C to try to help immune system, that's fair. But your kids should be eating healthy enough that they don't need that multivitamin.
0: Okay, so what about when I sense that we've got something that is in the house, there's a little bit of a cough here, a little bit of a sniffle. There's these different products that I've seen, like these emergency uh, vitamin C-type drinks that maybe bolster with, with different uh, you know good stuff to help us fight the colds, or even echinacea. Should I be proactive with those sorts of things? Uh, well... <laughs>
3: So I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I don't think there's any harm in it. And again, if if um, somebody seems to always get everything, there, there are people like whether we're talking kids or adults where every single bug that comes around, they seem to get it all, <laughs> they seem to get it worse than everyone else, then maybe you know, use whatever immune boosting tool you might have at your disposal typically our immune system doesn't really need a whole lot of help it's it knows what it you know what to do and how to do it so it takes care of business within a home be careful with distance hand washing again back to those very very basic things you know keep your distance just like we did in covid wash your hands a lot um you know and, and hopefully it doesn't spread within your home and that may be more important than anything else
1: so bottom line at Dr. J., there's not much we can take, that, you know, physically pop into our mouth. It's more about lifestyle, isn't it, when it comes to the kids and adults alike?
3: Absolutely. This is a healthy lifestyle. And even with that, we may still get tagged, but it's going to be not as severe. We're going to get through it a lot better. If, if we are healthy individuals, we tend to fend off things a whole lot better than if we're really not doing well already. We're not even sick, but yet we're not healthy we get tagged with a you know an RSV or a COVID. we're really going to pay the price for that so right back to basics and you know keep that foundation as strong as possible
0: before we let you go and i don't want to jinx it but i do recall even with my my teens when they were younger there seemed to be these waves in september of and this could be a segment unto itself of lice um can, can we can we effectively try to you know keep our kids from contracting lice in school
3: well, this, so the littler the kid, the harder it is, right? Because kids are always poking each other and wearing their, you know, their each other's hats and things. Uh, as kids get older, yes, you, you shouldn't wear anything that your friend is wearing, you know, whether it be a toque or a baseball hat or something. That's how it gets spread. Uh, so older kids should know better. Uh, but younger kids, it's really tough sometimes. If it gets into a classroom, it spreads like wildfire.
1: It's disgusting as well, even just talking about it. Let's hope everybody can stay clear of that and just uh, let's be healthy because the little germ monsters, uh, big and little, will be coming home into the household. So let's just be as healthy as possible. Thank you so much, Dr. J. Always appreciate chatting with you. You betcha. Thanks. Dr. Ted Jablonski is our on-call family physician. September really it's a great time for fall cleanup around the house inside the house maybe in your closets a good time to just simply get organized before the cold weather sets in joining us to talk about cutting down on the clutter ahead of the Calgary fall home show which she will be speaking at Megan Golightly joins us once again host of Go Simplified hi Megan hi how are you excellent thanks for coming in love that you come into the studio so we can get down and dirty on on getting ready for fall particularly, but just in general. I asked you, are you a professional organizer? And you said you prefer to be called what?
4: Well, it's it's. I prefer to be called our team gets stuff done in the home, like those things that you wanted to get done, clear stuff out. But decluttering comes first. Like, we always start by decluttering. So I consider, like, yes, we're professional organizers. But to me, the organizing is sort of the pretty part and – I like that, but I love the, the stuff that comes before that.
0: All right. Well, let's draw a line because this is something we were talking off, Mike, uh, just before uh, in, in the commercial break there, Megan, which is the difference between organizing and decluttering. I think it's one in the same. You draw a distinction, don't you? I do, like a really big one. To me, decluttering is like
4: the learner's license and organizing's the driver's license. And you have to do the hard work first, which is learn how to drive or declutter because most people just jump to the store and then they get distracted and they don't do the hard work of decluttering probably because they don't know the right questions to ask themselves either. They're hard questions, but if you've never been taught them, you fall into those same excuses, I want to say. Like you have to ditch the stories of why to keep them and instead ask yourself, what will I bring to my life if I get rid of this? And it's that repeated message in your head over and over that I'm not good enough. This is a mess. You know, all of that subconscious talk. That's a lot. Okay, we'll, we'll
1: get to Andy <laughs> buying 40 sure Tupperware so. containers. Come and, to the, come his, to the yeah. home show. Come to the home <laughs> show because <laughs> that's what we talk about, and right? we will. September yeah. 29th through October 1st, obviously, at the BMO. It is uh, going to be a, a great show, as it always is. And, and I know you'll be teaching a lot of people a lot of information. But when you talk about this decluttering, that we have to ask the right questions and there's more to it. So, I mean, how do we even start
4: then? What, what do we do? Well, it's funny. Because I was at a client's house last week and we were going through a storage room, which is typically those medals, you know, like your trophies and the greetings cards and the Mm. pictures of a a ex-wife and you know all of those things or ex-husband kids art and you just put it there just because and if you stop to ask yourself what does this mean to me today like I think it's great if you have your medals displayed if it's really important to you but if they're in a box take a picture of them and put them on your phone in an album called things I love and look at them frequently instead of having them boxed up in the basement Mm -hmm where you're going to want then to pass them on to your kids and your kids aren't going to know what to do with them. Don't so, want them. Um, you know, it's more about, you know, sort of making room for today um, because that stuff is in your subconscious mind all the time. Your brain's trying to solve what to do with it. And that that's what I'm going to talk about at the home show really is – how to start where to start and and we do it every day so we're good at it you know so there's the good questions to ask rather than the story of why to hang on to it just in case what if my child wants it this was valuable but it meant one something. day yeah yeah i paid a lot my for it my mom
1: loved it yeah
4: yeah and and then there's all sorts of things that come into it gear and guilt and fear and shame and you know it's it's a complicated thing
0: truly really. you see you're almost like that uh Air traffic controller, I know you see the big (laughs) picture, you see from above, but I'm going to ask you some specifics here right now, uh, Megan, and that is uh, an age-old battle in my house. It might be the battle in a lot of houses, Uh, the closet. Uh, I've given my wife uh, four out of six drawers. As she's, got, she's got her space in our closet and then she has my son's closet full of clothes as well. And I say, and it's not just me, it's, I, I, like, not just her, I have cl- too many clothes too. And I say, I got to go through them. We have too many clothes. She says, the problem is we live in a house that's 50 years old. They didn't build the closets big enough. And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> the problem is we accumulate too much. How do we know how many articles of clothing we should have?
4: Okay. That question is fascinating because you, the answer is right in it. It's right-sizing. You let the drawers and the cupboards be the bad guy. You know, if you lived in a massive house, then sure, you could keep more, but the drawers and the cupboards and the space are the bad guy. Let them be the bad guy. And fill. it's almost like trying to drive a car on empty. The gas tank is empty. You can't drive, right? So work within the space that you have in the closet and get the rest out somewhere else in bins, in storage. Don't rent a storage locker for it, though. I want to talk to you about that. Oh. Yeah, but... But live within the space you have or else it's like you're always fighting against yourself then. Every day, right? So it becomes this negative thing. You end up hating the house and you want to move. And that's not the solution. The problem is you have too much stuff.
1: Speaking of rental, storage rental, I've never seen, maybe we're not unique, but I've never seen anything like it in Calgary, the storage rental places that just keep getting built and then they're full
4: and what are we doing? Because we don't want to make that decision, right? Clutter is a put off decision because you think you can't make it but you can. What a waste of
1: money we we uh, like yeah. we're just doing it cuz we yeah. don't want to get rid of it.
4: Yeah. And I, I mean I uh, we go to people's homes and we do it but I have guides that you can buy on my website that are everything that we do. And I believe really strongly everybody can do it. They're 44 page long guides that walk you through every step. Heavy on the front load of how to declutter, lighter on the how to organize. Because once you get there, you know how to organize. You kind of do. You just have too much stuff. And I'm not a minimalist. I'm not a minimalist. But you need to
0: live, you need to right size. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're talking about. You're at the closet. Well, yeah, that's my, my thought process was, you know, maybe if you think about, and I know there's seasonality, men are different. We'll wear the same thing 365 days a year, <laughs> shorts in the winter. But when it comes to women, they flip their closets. So this conversation inevitably comes up during the change of seasons, to which I always say, and it might be too pragmatic, we probably only need, if you went generous, 12 outfits, because the one you're wearing on day one, you're not wearing until over the second week. <laughs> But that's just on paper. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, and I, I can't could, win. I'm not. I could win. talk
4: to you guys about this all day. The challenge I have on my Instagram, which is go Sim, go simplified, the monthly challenge this month, and it's an easy one because it's bedrooms is underwear and socks. Like, let's Ooh. take a look at it. How many do you really need? Mm. You do not need 40 pairs of underwear. You Especially really don't.
1: Especially when they're ripped and grody, <laughs> yeah. boys. So
4: take them all out. Put back your favorite, and you'll find you kind of cycle through. And then you get, you know, I'm not saying go out and buy new stuff all the time, but you just don't need that stuff. So there's little tips and tricks so that you can slowly start training your brain how it's okay to let go and then you get to that sentimental stuff later because that's the hard stuff.
1: When we let go of things, do you think it actually has an impact on our mental health, on our lives in general?
4: Do I? I mean, that's what my Instagram is about, really. It's not about the one, two, three, this is how to do it. It's about right at the top. It's about learn to let go for more, right? Like, let go of it today so that you can live today in a good state and not be stressed because clutter there's a study done at UCLA and clutter for women is directly linked to how sorry how many cortisol is directly linked to how many things women see in their house really? so the more you have in your house the higher your cortisol le- Which levels is your stress. are right oh, and oh. to men they call it stuff and it's fine but for <laughs> women it's stress interesting Ooh, battle of the
0: sexes but in the meantime i know we, we're running out of time here we can get much more and we've had a few people on the text line saying "You can come to my house and take care of stuff. <laughs> yeah. exactly and you um, do right
4: yeah we do yeah you know and and we're pretty booked you can book online but my how-to guides are a great you know financial save some money do it yourself and and then there's less fights with a couple because you're following the steps
0: yeah. right and you put it on Megan and not the... Uh, That's right. Yeah, blame it on Megan. Uh, <laughs> Megan
4: lightly. thank you so much for your time. We appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks for having me always, you guys. She and is, and the home show. Yeah. Come on down. Ask me anything you want this weekend. You look at her. It's not this well, weekend. No, Calvary, I don't even know what date it is. Calvary Calvary fall home Calvary Calvary shows,
0: September 29th through October 1st at the BMO Center, as Sue mentioned. More online at go-simplified.com. Thank you so much, Megan.